Hey everyone, happy June, happy almost summer. This is KBD Radio and I'm your host, Autumn McGar. I want to take a quick moment to plug the 2021 KBDN Innovators nominations. Uh, those are due August 1st and I'll put a link in the description so you can uh, head on over and nominate some industry movers and shakers even if that is yourself. Self-nominations are totally encouraged. Today, I have the distinct pleasure of chatting with one of our previous innovators, Mick DiGiulio, one of the industry's most influential designers and product designers. Great to be here, Autumn. Thank you for having me. Now, you've been designing kitchens for over 45 years, so I was, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your evolution as a designer and what were key influences along the way? Well, I, you know, I started when I feel like kitchens were just coming into to vogue mm-hmm. uh, or starting to, to, to be in a way. Um, there, the kitchens of those of the days, and this was the early 70s when I started designing, right. um, it was really much more about cabinetry and countertops than it was about the space. And I feel like I was really fortunate to be a part of that evolution going from that point to the point now where we're about the space. The kitchen is really about uh, the space, how people live in the, in the space, yeah. and not just those individual appointments, but much more holistic design. Um, now, I know you've drawn a lot of design inspiration from European design in particular, and, and we know you've been a frequent visitor and exhibitor at uh, Milan, Salone, and um, the biennial kitchen component, Euro Cucina. So, um, I'm wondering, what is it about Europe that you find so inspirational, and how much do you think your travels have influenced your designs along the way? Well, the the traveling that I did really started, first time I was in Germany was in 1980, and that's when the this evolution that I talk about mm-hmm. really started, and it was so exciting. So the the effect that the Europeans had on the world of design in kitchens at that time was profound on everyone. Uh-huh. Uh, it all started with things like the 32 millimeter system and European concealed hinges and integrated appliances and, and on and on. So the, the level of sophistication of what they were at that time was really remarkable. And we were all, you know, everyone in America was was knocked out by this. So it, it did a lot of inspiring to us. Now, it's interesting because, you know, later I talked to some of the manufacturers uh, who said that, you know, what inspired us for that period was the uh, America. We would come to America and we'd see these companies like Mochler and St. Charles, and they were doing amazing things with their design. And we went back and and tried to uh, outdo that. So there was some some leapfrog going on sure. in the design world, and and uh, but it it kept moving and evolving the design throughout. So, you know, I've continued to go to as many shows as I could. There's Salone. There's uh, there was a, a major show in Cologne, uh, design shows in England, and I, and those are the the countries. And I think of the great kitchen countries are are um, Germany. Of course, America. I mean, I, I, I never want to say America is out of that mix, but, right. um, but from the European standpoint, Germany, Holland, Italy, and England, I think uh, much of the influences since 1980 
has has come from there. Now, America is not second in in any way, shape, or form in terms of kitchens today. That, as I said, the leapfrog continued, and uh, we we have evolved. And you know, sometimes we've been parallel stylistically with Europe, and other times we have not been. Uh, where they've gone into very contemporary directions in the United States, let's say 20, 25 years ago, is really much more of a traditional market, very, very decorative. And but that was that's really when I came up with the idea of Beaux Arts, which is a design for thematic of a combination of the tradition and the contemporary. Now I know that. Uh one prominent European kitchen design trend is to uh, utilize hardware uh, advancements to create large, movable panels to make kitchens kind of disappear. Um, so mm-hmm. in, in your opinion, is this a solution for uh, special circumstances or a trend with applications across the board? I think it's a, you know, it's a device. The, mm-hmm. whole, the whole sliding panel is really a device that enables us to make things disappear, less visible. And as kitchens have become more out in the main uh, parts of homes, more connected, more visible, uh, there are many times people don't want to see a lot of the things, the clutter, the mess that can happen in a kitchen. So, you know, it's a good device for that. Uh, and it, will this continue? I, I think people always want to declutter yeah. a, a kitchen space. So I think many of, those, many of those things are here to stay. But, you know, the good thing about design today is it's like fashion. Everything is good. If it's done well, it's creative, it's inventive, then it is really, it's got a long life to it. And um, I don't think that is trendy. Now, you're, you're also a, a product designer, um, and I know for, for years you've designed not only projects, but uh, uh, products that have become kind of international bestsellers, such as you mentioned Bo- Beaux-Arts, uh, and uh, a line of sinks and faucets for Kohler and Callista. So uh, I'm wondering, how do you design products that appeal to an international audience, and how does your approach to product design differ from designing spaces? Well, um, the second part of the question is of the approach is really the same. I think all aspects of design, as I've learned through the years, at least for myself, is that you know the the method of starting off with identifying the challenges, what are you trying to do, yeah. and what are you trying to solve is is the most important. And um, the other part of the question you know, has to do with the knowledge of what's going on in some of these different areas. And, you know, one of the most important things any designer can do is be exposed to different ideas and yeah. being being out there. And then when you're out there, you know, you, you realize what needs to be designed too. And I think that's a big part of either product design or spatial design in that understanding what the needs are. And a lot of times the best inspiration is is um, understanding what's needed to be designed. For sure. What's what's not out there. Yeah. Now, now I know your design of the uh, sinks for Kohler and Callista have, have influenced a number of products that are now on the market. So, um, you know, what was the genesis for this design and, and how did you find the process of working with a company such as Kohler? What was that like? Well, it was, uh, the, you know, I started working on these concepts with sync systems in uh, the late late 90s, and it evolved into sliding cutting boards and uh, accessor- accessories even like uh, 
uh, colander holders and knife holders and knife sharpeners and trying to think about what people do at a sink so to make it more functional at the at the sink area. And then I was approached by Rachel Kohler of, of uh, Kohler and said mm-hmm. she'd seen some of the things that I had done and asked if I would work with Kohler on developing a, a product line. So I did that and uh, it, it really tried to further the design of some of the, the other thoughts uh, with the function. But one of the key factors was having things like the cabinetry be around the sink be more functional. So the, so it was really the design around the sink mm-hmm. rather than the sink itself was a driver of, of many of the ideas. So, you know, kind of uh, switching topics from products to projects, um, it's, I know it's more the, des- the norm for design companies to handle projects at the local level, um, but I, I know you work on projects uh, kind of all over, um, and there are a lot of parts and pieces in every project. So um, what I'm wondering is, can you talk about how you can work on projects that are far from one's home base, in, in your case, Chicago, and kind of what those unique challenges are? We started getting many inquiries from people years ago about doing projects, might be a second home or um, if someone in Florida, New York, or wherever it was asking if we would do projects there. And they pose a lot of unique challenges, of course. You, if you're a thousand miles away and dealing with an issue is very difficult. Yeah. So it, it so a decision had to be made. We either really try to systematize this or we don't do it. And so we tried to systematize the, the idea and have many more checks, check systems. And uh, as a result, more than half of our work now is out of the, our home state of Illinois oh, wow. and all over. I mean, we've done projects in, in Europe and um, in a lot of these check methods have to do have helped us i should say with our local work too because there's just um it, it's problematic as you said sure. so many parts and pieces to a project and anything you can do to, to mitigate that is uh, a big help now in addition to being far-reaching there's there's a timeless quality to your designs with uh, contemporary often blended with traditional elements um so i'm wondering how you ensure that your designs will hold up well for many years? I think one one thing is starting off with the intent mm-hmm. of having it last for a long time is important. And then uh, there's a lot to choosing materials that are highest quality, that will look good, uh, stand the test of time, and proportions, dealing and addressing of proportions so that they are not only current, but they're fresh looking on the, on the proportions. So uh, I think, again, a lot of the, the intent has to be there to make something last for a long time, visually, functionally, and uh, from the durability standpoint of the materials. Absolutely. And uh, you're known for not only your mix of style in your design, but yeah, of materials as well, uh, in particular mixed metals. Um, so I'm wondering, what is it about that about metal that makes it so appealing in a design? My my uh, grandfather, my father's father, was a uh, metallurgist. Oh wow! So I 
you know, we have kind of a background in it. And then my my father, before he became a woodworker, was a tool and die maker for many years. So metal was always a part of our lives in a way. Just, we didn't even realize it in our family. Uh, I've always loved the metals on everything from cars and jewelry to uh, any any metal-made piece is so beautiful. It's just, um, it's, it is a jewelry. It's the, the thing that makes a, sometimes a, a product or an element sparkle in a space. Yeah. But and it's durable, you know. the The idea, everything, everything in a kitchen that's used has to make sense from a durability standpoint. And metal stands the test of time. It always looks great. A good friend of mine in the industry said this once that metals. There's a nobility about metals, and I completely agree with that. They just are beautiful. Absolutely, I love I love that a nobility. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, just to kind of talk about what you're working on now, um, you have a new lighting collection coming out later this year uh, by Tech Lighting. Uh, I was wondering if you could talk about the importance of lighting in your designs as well. Yeah, in, in, in design, light is everything. And mm-hmm. designing with light and layering in with light is now much more possible with things like LED, where we can use very small elements, very small devices, and and do some amazing things. And now the color spectrum is warmer and friendly. And uh, so their kitchens are sculptural, and there is a lot of opportunity in a kitchen, especially to do some great things with light. And uh, what tile and, and surfacing materials are you using? And is that a departure from your recent past and, and, and your use of color as well? Are there colors or wood grains drawing renewed interest today that you can see? I love quartzites mm-hmm. yeah, because they're so practical. They're so dense. They uh, Everything that we've used with people, especially over the last 10 years, people are so happy with. Uh, they don't worry about about the red stain, red stains from red wine, um, <laughs> on the on the material because it, it is so dense and there's such beautiful materials coming out of Brazil that are just spectacular and there many are hundreds of millions of years old so it's just yeah. it's really an amazing material but there are some synthetics I think that are beautiful too the many of the uh, Italian companies especially have done so many things with the uh, porcelains that I think are, are beautiful. And and then uh, from Italy, we use some ter- fire terracotta materials yeah. uh, with really beautiful color. And um, so infusing some of the color in those elements is, is a good way to work with any of these materials. You know, out of curiosity, I'm wondering, uh, if you had to pick a single designer from the 20th century whose work you most admire, who would you choose? You know, I couldn't, I couldn't pick one, but you just, if you give me just a, you know, a little leeway to do a couple here, I think. Please do. The art, well, thanks. Uh, the architect Tatawando, I think it does, is just amazing. And, and what he does with uh, his, the architecture, I think um, Piero Lassoni from Italy, mm-hmm. also one of my favorites, uh, Christian Lier. Uh, I've always loved his elegance and simple style. So, you know, there's just so many, so many to choose from. But those are those are three that come to mind. And uh, if you were to inspire other designers, what advice do you have for a designer who is newer to the business? 
I think if you're newer, um, stick with it. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's, uh, it takes time. It's something, it is really much more of a passion and lifestyle of what we do than it is just a, of a job. And um, the nice thing is that there's always something to learn. I've done this for so long. And I think that's one of the best parts of it. I'm still learning. I'm still trying to uh, uh, expand and uh, come up with different ideas. And um, having a, a career where you're able to do that and use your mind is really a blessing. Absolutely. And, and I think that's a great note for us to uh, close out on. So I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today, Mick. Madam, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. KBD Radio is hosted and produced by Autumn McGar with music by David Ayala. For more information about kitchen and bath design news, please visit our website at kitchenbathdesign.com. 